We're going to break from Matthew, and we're going to look at Psalm 127 in detail. We've quoted it several Father's Days in a row, but we've never actually looked at the passage and the context, and so we're going to do that today. I am no archer. I have not shot a bow and arrow since I was in middle school, but my dad did teach me how to do it. Taught me how to shoot a rifle, watched me fall down shooting a shotgun, taught me how to change the oil, fix the brakes, and a host of other things. Because that's what we do, right? We pass on what we've been got, what we've received from our dad or from others. We pass it on to our kids. That's what we do. It's part of bringing them up. It's just part of it. And it doesn't stop with the physical. It moves into the spiritual. But sometimes we as dads, we want to take a step back and defer to someone else that's more qualified than we are. But you're their only dad. And it comes from you differently. And so today what I want to do is answer the question not just for dads, but especially for dads. How do we protect, how do we provide for and protect our family? How do we do that? And some of the passing on that happens includes protection and provision. In fact, the things that keep dads awake at night, maybe moms, (laughs) maybe moms more, because dad's over there snoring. He's not up thinking about protecting and provision. Or is that, right? We want to provide for our family, and we want to protect our family. And you don't have to watch the news for very many days in a row to go, yeah, I don't think I can protect my family, which is actually a really wise statement. Doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Certainly doesn't mean that we won't, won't try, but it's that realization that replaces what we typically want to carry around, which is lots of hubris, I got this, to finally admit I don't. There are a lot of things in life that are beyond my control. This psalm, Psalm 127, is written, most people think, by Solomon. Some think David, his father, wrote it, and the reason Solomon's a part of it is because he's got a hidden signature in it. At least some people think he has a concealed uh, a concealed name. It's in verse, uh, it's at the end of verse 2. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he, that is God, grants sleep to those he loves. Some translations say beloved. The root of that word is the same word for the name Jedediah. Who's Jedediah? Well, besides the guy on West Wing, he is That is the God-given name to Solomon, beloved. Not a bad name. So uh, when we think of Solomon, we think of someone who had had kind of the genie in the bottle experience with God. He said, you ask for whatever you want, and he didn't ask for power, and he didn't ask for fame, and he didn't ask for money. He asked for wisdom to lead the nation of Israel as their next king. And God applauded that so fully by saying, I'm not only going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you all the other things too. Kind of sounds like a nursery rhyme, Aesop fable, but kind of like Aesop fables, it doesn't end well. Ironically, as he writes the book of Proverbs to his son and Ecclesiastes and some of the Psalms, we see someone who had the greatest wisdom to ever 
grace the, the person, a person in our world besides Jesus himself, and yet he didn't embrace and fully embody that wisdom. And so there were consequences. Consequences that were so strong that even though he had the strongest nation, maybe in the history of the world up to that point, and it crumbles in one generation as the next son takes over, the kingdom is split because he doesn't do a good job of leading. He doesn't lead with wisdom. He doesn't lead with humility. He leads with hubris, arrogance, self-confidence. Well, that's at the root of what is going to be fleshed out here in Psalm 127 is what is it that you are leaning on when you do what you do? Now, ask that of anybody, but especially dads. As we think about taking care of our, our families, what are we leaning on to provide and protect our families? What is it that is the, the, that we believe is what's really holding us up and together? So let's just see what he says. Let's just see what he says. first two verses are foundational. The second three verses are the fruit of that foundation. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards watch in vain. In vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. That implies a relationship. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Some translations say the city gates. So the foundation is verses 1 and 2. And what does he say? Unless the Lord builds the house. Those who build the house are doing so in vain. This is not the same vanity word as in Ecclesiastes, but it's, it's, it's as sweeping as that word, in vain, as if there's really no, you're not really doing anything of any good. You're wasting your time. Now, that's kind of humbling when you think about all the people in our world who are raising families without the Lord. In vain. Now, let's remember that wisdom literature and even in the Psalms, a lot of times what we're reading are not promises. They're patterns or principles, okay? So there's a difference, okay? We're familiar with the proverb, Raise up, train up a child in the way they will go, and when they're, not, when they're old, they'll not depart from it. That is not a promise. That is a principle, and the pattern is that generally speaking, that happens. But you all know our children have minds of their own, don't they? And we want them to. And sometimes it takes them longer to get there than others, and some never get there. Or at least that we know of. So when we read this, these are principles or patterns of behavior based on, if you do these things, generally this is what's going to happen. Generally speaking, that doesn't mean there aren't exceptions, but I'm talking about the pattern here that we want to build our fathering on or our parenting on or our living on, is am I building whatever it is I'm building in my life in the shadow of the Almighty? In other words, is my creator actively involved in my life as I do what it is I'm doing? Whether I'm building something, there's provision, 
or whether I'm protecting somebody, there's security. Okay? Now, he doubles down, it feels like, on the provision part, because the next verse, in vain you rise up early and stay up late. I wanted to bring a candle with a wick on both ends. I really wanted to do this, but you know, me and fire. So um, I was going to light both ends of the candle and hold it in the middle. Now, this is there's the expression, don't burn the candle at both ends. And I used to want, I never really thought it through until I, one day I finally said, I wonder what that means. And, and if you hold a candle and you light both ends, it, as the wick burns and the wax melts, it just moves and moves and moves, and eventually you're going to get burned. You're going to burn out, which is the idea behind the idea or the, the word, don't burn the candle at both ends. Don't work, 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 because you can't sustain that long term, Okay. Now, there are seasons, there are short terms where we have to do things that we don't want to do that are not things that we want to do as a pattern or as a long-term habit. But there are times when you have to work really extra hard. There are times when you have to get a second job, third job. I know um, some of the younger folks maybe don't understand that because you've not had to live through a depression or something that would cause you to have to do that maybe. Or maybe you've worked more part-time jobs than I've had total jobs. The, the point is that, that there is a, we all have limits, okay? That's the reason God gave us sleep. You realize it's one of the reasons is to remind us that we have to sleep or we die. God doesn't have to sleep. That's one of the things that separates us from, from God. So you know, why do we have sleep, you know? It's, why do we have to lay there and be vulnerable for hours? Why does God do, you know, and why does so much of a percentage of our life encompass sleep? Well, one reason is to remind us we are limited, okay? So he, he's building this foundation, okay? And the foundation is that I let the Lord do what the Lord does best through me. And I'm going to rest in that. I'm going to rely on that. I'm going to put the full weight of my choices in life, my full value system, my full belief system on him because he can bear that weight. No, nothing else can bear that weight. I still work hard, and I discipline myself so that I don't waste all of this effort. Those are important, but if they're not built on this foundation, the word says it's in vain. You can be the hardest worker in your company, and after 30 years in that company, lose it all in the stock market. God can allow that to happen. Why would he do that? Well, maybe sometimes because we're trying to do it ourselves. And that's not wise. And it's not good. And he's telling us through this, dads, parents, people, whatever it is you're doing, do it resting on the Lord. Because he brings the 99% to the table that you and I need. Our 1% is showing up because that's all we've got is ourselves. That's all we really have to offer. Okay? But that's enough because he brings everything we need to bear on this. So then he continues. And this is this last part of two. Let's not miss this. He says, this is the candle at both ends. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. In other words, you're burning the candle at both ends to feed your family. Noble and sometimes necessary, but not a pattern. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Who does God love? You might say, God loves everybody. Well, there's actually verses in the that disagree with that, but I'm not going to go down that road right now. Just look up in your concordance the word hate and see who God hates, and you'll know, oh, 
God loves his people. Okay? Controversial, I realize that. But I'm just reading what it says. This, this relationship where he grants sleep. I don't want you to raise your hand, but I wonder how many of us are trouble, have trouble sleeping at night. I just wonder, right? And, and sometimes sleeping at night, the problem is physiological, you know? And sometimes it's mental or emotional or a combination usually, right? Usually it's a combination of things. Or you sleep, but you don't really feel rested when you wake up. He is, he is saying that he can give you the best, I believe. I think he's saying he grants sleep to those he loves. That doesn't mean we don't have some things that we need to do in the process. And for some of us, it might be go get a, a sleep apnea machine. I don't know. But you, you see what I'm saying, right? It might mean we need to stop drinking caffeine. It might mean... We need to stop looking at screens an hour before bedtime. You know, there's little practical things we can do. But then there's those things that keep us up at night that really keep us up at night. How am I going to provide for my kids' college? Or you just watched another report on Uvalde, Texas, and you're going, how am I going to protect my kids at school when I'm not there? And that keeps you up. And that's, that's a tough one. And yet... Unless the Lord watches over the family, the Father guards and stands watch in vain. You could write that in there, couldn't you? It applies. It applies to every single thing you and I do. So that's the foundation. Foundation is resting on the Lord. Work hard, discipline yourself, but make sure you're, working, you're resting on him. Okay, it sounds counter, sounds contradictory to say work hard and rest at the same time. But there should be this overarching, I'm at rest even when I'm working. That's kind of a posture. It's kind of a mindset. It's, it's a sense of peace that says, I don't have to do this. I'm choosing to do this for whatever reason, but hopefully for good reasons. Okay, Scripture is always wrestling with that paradox. Then he says, here comes the fruit of this. When, when you and I are resting in this, this is the payoff. And it really comes down to children. Now, this is difficult, right? Because some people are doing these things and they don't have children and they want children, okay? For some, it's a delay. My cousins tried for 10 years and then they had two boys. You know, they'd kind of given up and just said, well, I guess we're not going to have kids and we're pro- I don't know if they were looking into adoption, but 10 years later, they have a son, and then they have another son, right? Not long after. God does that sometimes. And then sometimes, no. It's not a promise, but it is a principle. When you and I live this way, where we are resting on the Lord God for all that we do to be successful and fruitful, Children become a heritage and a reward. Okay, you, you can kind of imagine. A reward sounds like this is a win. Whatever this is is good. Bring it. I'll take the reward. Heritage is a little more nuanced. It includes things that are tangible, but it also includes things that are not. Things that are more like tradition. 
culture, values, right? The things that we say that our grandparents used to say, that we still quote and remember and, and maybe even think about it as we live our lives. The heritage is, it's the name of the family. It's, it's the, and then it's the significant things that are passed on, okay? The best things are probably the ones that you can't touch. They're the things that you can remember and pass on easily. But they can be physical and they can be very meaningful. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Now, I don't know what, how you think America's going, but I've not been greatly thrilled with the trend over the last 20 years. Spiritually, it feels like we're in not just a, a, a decline, but a nosedive. During that time, a couple of trends are, are there. One is people are marrying later in life, getting married later, older. More are choosing not to have children, and those who are having children are having less children. It seems to me like those two are kind of going together. It's like people don't believe that children are a treasure from the Lord, a reward or a heritage. It's like they think children are good, but in small doses, which some days that's all we want. But what children bring to the table in a family, it's difficult to describe even if you've been there. You just know, I'd do it again, I'd do it again, I would do it again. Most cases. Obviously, there are exceptions. And that doesn't mean that it was all smooth. Nobody has, right? Smooth? What? That's occasionally. Some of the blessings that comes with children is getting through the hard times with them. And coming through and seeing God work through the difficulties. And sometimes you see it quickly and sometimes you don't see it for decades. But I'm taking the, words, the Lord's word to face value and to heart when it says that children are a heritage to the Lord. The offspring a reward from him like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Okay, so Knox isn't here today. Knox usually sits over here. But I asked Knox if he'd make a quiver. This is a quiver. Handmade. He did it. It's pretty cool. Very cool. And, the, and if you've watched enough movies of Robin Hood or Hunger Games or, Rom, let's see, uh, Lord of the Rings or who's the other? Oh, uh, Endgame, the Avengers. You'll know that they typically wear these. They'll put them over, and they, and they wear them on their back. And when they go to shoot, and I'm going to embarrass myself here because I don't know how to do this, but they'll, they'll take that arrow, and they'll pull it out, and then they'll shoot it and let it go. Okay? And then they'll go grab another one. And in Legolas's case, he never runs out of arrows, I don't think. It's something crazy about all of that. So they, but that's what the quiver does. It holds the arrows. Now, in this psalm, what's the, uh, the analogy is that this is a child and that there's a warrior who potentially could go into battle with just this. Well, I don't know about you, but this is not much of a weapon by itself. Now, I can whack you on the head and it won't feel good, but if you're a warrior with armor and a helmet, this isn't going to do much. But if I have an arrow, I can kill you with one strike, right? 
like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Arrows are children born in one's youth. I don't know about you, but if I'm an archer, I want to go into battle with more than one arrow. <laughs> okay? Now, he's using it as an analogy not because we're necessarily warriors, although we are at war. I don't know if you realize that we're in a spiritual battle all the time. And imagine he's alluding to that, but it, it, there's still imagery here, that the children are like this arrow. Blessed is the, the family that has a full quiver, okay? Now, I'm not going to tell you that that automatically means more is better. I mean, I've seen families with lots of kids, and I'm like, oh, please stop reproducing. Not naming names. I grew up with one brother. Anita grew up with three sisters. Not one better than the other. I'm not going to sit here and tell you if you have more kids, you're more blessed than the next person, okay? There's a sense of that that's there, but I think there can also be a sense in which these arrows can be, I don't know, longer, bigger. In other words, you can fill the quiver in more ways than just numerical number of arrows. I don't know. Maybe this is one of, you know, one, Hawkeye's arrows are probably a lot different than Robin Hood's. Let's put it that way, okay, because they can do some things. The other thing I thought about as I was looking at, thinking about this arrow imagery was um, when you go back to the days of, say, Robin Hood, which would have been, what, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th century, somewhere in there, if he really existed. I assume that the legends are built on somebody who was real. They made their own arrows. They didn't just go to Walmart or Amazon.com like I did. Six bucks on Amazon.com, real hunting arrow. They didn't buy, they made them. So they had to find the right sapling of the right kind of wood. And I don't know if they somehow learned how to straighten them or if they found straight ones. They had to get the right bird and pluck the right feathers and get them proportioned the right way and somehow press them flat and then tie them in. Because what's glue? I guess they could have found glue and somehow glued. And then you notch the back. And then you have to find an iron or a stone tip that you put on the tip so make it sharp enough so that when it strikes, it actually does some damage. You pull the string, you loose the arrow, and it's probably gone, although you can retrieve them from time to time and reuse them. But they had to make each one. And I thought, well, if children are like an arrow, then we spend a lot of time making it, don't we? I'm back to the verse. Unless the Lord crafts the arrow... The craftsman labors in vain. Right, dads? That feels right, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound right? Makes sense? What I'm talking about is I'm not telling you something you don't already know. I'm not telling you, most of you, this is not new information. What I do think maybe you realize is, am I being intentional in actually acting on what I believe is true? Am I doing this? Because if you're anything like me, and, and I'm dad of four girls, there are many times I felt guilty because I was not very intentional. I knew the right things. My goodness, I'm teaching the Bible, hello. And yet, I can be just like Solomon and have all the knowledge and not be living it out, not be acting on it. And so can you. Are we being intentional with our kids? And it doesn't matter if you have one or 20. Okay, maybe not 20. But it doesn't matter how many you have. 
God knows how to work in such a way that if you let him do it, no matter how your time is divided, he can do in a moment what we think takes a lifetime, right? I mean, as people, we can remember moments in time when just something clicked for us, okay? And, and that's, that's why we rest on the Lord to do it, because he can do things in the heart and mind of somebody, a child, that we can't make happen, Okay? This is why you have to be careful as a helicopter parent, right? What's, why do they call them helicopter parents? Because they hover around son or daughter. And why are they doing that? Because they want to steer them in just the right direction. They mean well. They want this child to come up and, and be a good kid, and they want to, the child to be safe. But the enemy knows how to get through that defense, Okay. Unless the Lord watches over the child, the helicopter mom stands and watches in vain. It can be a helicopter dad too. And of course, you want to avoid the other extreme, which is, ah, oh, they'll be fine. You're just showing your kids you don't love them if you're not giving them any attention. That's why some kids misbehave. They'd rather have bad attention, negative attention from their kids than, than from their parents than no attention. This is why kids act up at school too. They're just looking for someone to show that they exist, that they care. And then it ends with this, like I said in verse 5, blessed is the man whose quiver is full. And I do think, so this is unusual. I don't know if you all have picked up on this. In these, the newer translations, they, they tend to modernize using context, the language. So if it literally says man, sometimes it says people because context indicates it's men and women. But it does NIV, which does that, does not do that here. Now, I don't know why, and I don't even know if it's, I don't want to say right. I don't know. I mean, it's blessed is the man. I believe, again, Solomon's saying, dads, pay attention to this. And then it ends with this. I think this is a pretty cool verse. It's a little obscure. I'm not sure I have a handle on it, but this is, what I, this is my take on it. They will not, this is your children, they will not be put to, I'm sorry, the men, Blessed is the man who, and I would apply parent. I could apply apply this to parents, but blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. That is arrows that represent children. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Your kids are going to live the kind of life of integrity that will not make you ashamed of them in moments where there's an opportunity for that to happen. In other words, and it says this in other places, they will honor you by their actions because of the way you raise them. Isn't that what we want, right? Isn't our, one of our greatest fears just to take our kids to Walmart and they do that thing on the floor where they just kind of go limp and then they start screaming? And you're like, everybody thinks I'm a terrible parent right now. Everybody in the zip code, right? I mean, it's just squee that piercing, Right? And, and, and that plays out in a lot of different ways, not just in a grocery store or not just, you know, it, it, we see, you know, how does my kid act when the baseball team loses? Is my kid the one acting out? Is mine the one that's chase, chasing, you know, charging the mound for what, you know, you know, those things that our kids can do that really could embarrass us. When we raise our children to fear and revere the Lord God, these things are minimized. 
they're less likely to happen. And there's something to be said for that. Because if not just for you, but for them. For them. So, um, to, to uh, end this, I, wanted to, I want to end with this. We've sang a lot about Jesus today. We sing a lot about Jesus every week. That's good. That's the way it should be. The Holy Spirit lifts up Jesus. God the Father sent Jesus. Okay, so God is three in one, three persons, one God. He makes a big deal about Jesus. So when Jesus says something, we want to take it to heart. We want to take it to mean this really matters. It's true. And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The Lord's Prayer starts off in a way that would have been, Jesus taught the disciples when the disciples said, Rabbi, how do we, how do we pray? Of all the things they could have asked Jesus, they asked him, how do we pray? He says, when you pray, pray like this. And he began the prayer, our Father. And that was unheard of in that day. Because they, the religious teachers all taught God is this powerful, sovereign, mighty being that created everything. And he is so unapproachable, we can't even say his name out loud. When we write it on paper, we use gold for ink. That's the way they treated the name of the Lord. And so he was awesome and powerful, but he was also distant. And Jesus said, no, he's right here. And that's why I call him Father, and that's why he said we call him Father. And he isn't just my Father, he's our Father. Those who are in Christ Jesus, who's who know God through his Son, and that makes us family. So God, he's helping us today honor dads, and rightly so, dads. It is a hard job, and you are doing it. And you might say, well, I'm not very good, but are you showing up? Are you physically present? That's a huge part of it. Just ask the, well, I think it's in Goose Creek, the single mom percentage is almost 50% population. So showing up counts for a lot, okay? And if you're here willingly, um, if you're in here and still you're here willingly, at least enough to get through lunch, right? Then you've put yourself in a place to actually become a better dad, and I applaud that too. Um, the question is, what are you going to do going forward? And I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. I don't want to beat up dads. Somebody said recently, we, on Mother's Day, we, we, we love on moms and we encourage them, and, do, and then on dads, we beat them up. We probably do that too much, yeah. But my goal isn't to beat up anybody. My goal is, though, to challenge, because as men, we want to be challenged to do what is good and worthy, to do what is right and, and wise. But I want this to be what should, points us in that direction. So as you go home with your arrows that symbolize the kids you still have at home, every time you look at these arrows, that's an opportunity for you to remember, be intentional with your kids. Pray for your kids. 
That's the foundation of this passage right here. Unless the Lord builds it. If I believe the Lord builds it, then I'm going to ask him to do his thing. It is not weakness to do that. It's actually meekness, which is power under control. And that is what he calls you and I to do and be. So we're going to pray here in a second. Musicians are going to come. So just let me pray. Lord God, as we, as we move forward in the service and, and continue to worship you through song, Lord, this time of invitation is a time for us to respond to you in some way. And I just pray that you'll guide and direct our response. It could be a prayer. It could be more. Hopefully it's more in the sense that we go and we do what we intend to do because we're pleased to do what you want us to do, that we will go forward and do something uh, not just intentional but by grace through faith. Ultimately, Lord, we're weak because our tendency is to do what we feel like doing instead of what we intend to do. Lord, help us work hard, but help us discipline ourselves on the foundation of trusting in you to do the building and the protecting, the providing and the security that our family needs. Then knit us together with other fathers, other families that are trying to do the same thing, that collectively we can become a church that is then able to encourage the community in which we live to be like this. And at the end of the day, may we never forget that we're really all Jedediahs. We're really all your beloved and that this word is for us. In Christ's name we pray, amen.